Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Max Rushton. And this is the, uh, what's it? Oh, it's the H&J Daily. <laughs> I was about to say are. it's the birthday spread. Yeah. That does feature in it. it We've just finished We've the just birthday just finished it. We're not going to let you know what happened, but what a game uh, it was. And we're slightly spent, aren't we, after doing yeah, that? It's a very um, tiring game. We also spoke to Keith Deller. They're going to have a veteran circuit, seniors yeah, darts competition. He's up for it, isn't he? Keith was very good. Mm. There was an aspect of it that we hadn't really thought about until we spoke to him, which was quite uplifting, yeah, I felt. I think so. Um, uh, we spoke to Glenn Kamara's uh, lawyer, uh, um, Amwan. It, uh, it was a difficult conversation, and but he explained some interesting stuff about uh, Glenn Kamara's state of mind at the centre uh, of uh, this race incident in the Slavia Park Rangers game and was uh, very interesting. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. And Alan Hutchinson got in touch on the birthday spread, of course, to oh, say, yeah. Dear Max, I'm pleased to advise you that in advance of this week's birthday spread, the listeners have met and have given you a vote of confidence. That's good. Oh, that's, is that good? Yeah. I mean, uh, you say that's good, Paul, don't you? Well, but I mean, there what's we are. The I'm not going to draft somebody else in. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to thank you for your show, service. Show business is a it's a merciless business, <laughs> it isn't it? It is. It's a tough game. It's a fickle beast. It is a fickle. I could, that could be it. I could lose today, and then they could... And then they, they could hand me. We can't you know, have someone who's such a loser. Exactly. Coming who's, in week after week. So just his his lack of knowledge of the ages of people. Yeah. You know. This is, it basically shows that I'm not in any way ageist. Because I don't see age. You don't see age. I don't see it. And therefore it's a really terrible feature for me. In the immediate minutes after you've lost a birthday spread, yeah. you don't seem to be that philosophical about <laughs> it, though. <laughs> you think the well, I just have to. I just have to keep telling myself. Yeah. You know, I am. You know, when people say like, I was sat in the front row of this fight. You know, I watched Muhammad Ali fight, or I was I was on the green when Seve Ballesteros, you know, just chipped in. Yeah. He was behind a tree and he did it. Or I was right there when, you know, Gareth Bale's got that overhead kick. I am. I am. Three meters from greatness. That's what I am. That's I'm what the birthday spread people's is. People's birthdays. What listen, greatness? The thing is, Paul, it's great to be great at something, and you are great at that. And I would, well, you know, somewhere in there is a compliment. Drink it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, what was the um, laptop TV split last night? Okay, so Mrs. Rushton was in bed watching YouTube. Right? Okay, she went to bed early. Right. So I had the television. How early? She went to bed at eight o'clock. Blimey. Yeah, I know. So that means I had the TV for... I sort of said, look, there's football tonight. It's called the green in our house because Mrs. Rushton says, it's just green and it's always the same. And actually this season has been quite hard to argue with <laughs> yeah. that for some time. So I said, look, I've got some green tonight. There's two greens. Mm. So I need 
I can do it laptop and phone, but if you're happy with me to watch the telly, I went Dortmund City yeah. and Liverpool Real Madrid. And the way Liverpool on laptop, you went Dortmund City telly. Yes, I did. Okay. And when and when Liverpool started so well, I really yeah. did think I kind of owe it to them to switch. Right. But I couldn't. Once you've started that yep. way, it's quite hard to log out and log in again and change channel. They're on delay, and then you don't want to miss a couple of minutes. So I stuck with that throughout the game. Mm. And I I reckon I made the right choice because I thought City played very well. Yeah. And Dortmund gave it a go and it looked like it would be one of those games where Pep had overthought it but it turns out he underthought it so it was okay and Liverpool kept knocking but didn't they just didn't show enough did well see they? I went I went Liverpool on the big screen because oh, because I because they made the good start and you know we all know Salah should have scored early on that would have been a completely different game but um, yeah I just went with that because I kept thinking because if they score one yeah, it's gonna be, the rest of it's going to be brilliant mm. and so okay after an hour if they score one I stuck with it 10 minutes left I don't know and in the end it kind of fizzled out but so did Sydney's because they, they were in charge and Dortmund ran out of steam yeah. didn't they really? I, I think the most actually the most in, the most interesting I, thing I found was having seen so little of Jude Bellingham yeah. seeing another game you know he was so good in the first leg and he was brilliant again and I know everybody, we all know he's 17 no one needs to tell you he's 17 and yeah. no one needs to tell you that 17 is quite young for a human let alone a yeah. professional sports person doing it at that level but he glides he glides through the game it's a different game for him I think yeah, it doesn't mean he's going to go and have the best career in the world but no, what that was potential. a what potential. cracking goal. It's and it's, you know, goal. you've got to have a bit about you at 17 to go and live in another country. You know, he wouldn't have been shy. I heard Jamie saying uh, on breakfast this morning, you know, why were British clubs not interested? I think they were, but he had decided that Dortmund would be good for him. So to up sticks and leave, you know, the Midlands here and go and live at... Imagine yourself at 17, really. Well, I went to live in Berlin when I was 18, Paul. Did you really? I did, yeah. And I don't... Were you playing for Hertha? <laughs> well, I went to... I was watching Hertha. OK. It was three Deutschmarks to get in at the Olympic Stadium. And Brian Roy was up for... They were hopeless, okay. but Brian Roy was the man. But I don't... You know, I went there. No one did radio shows about how impressive it was for me to go and do an extra German class there? at the Goethe Institute just to perfect my German. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Okay, how's the German now? Pretty... I was going to say, Can I was going to swear by? in German. <laughs> I get once oh, I've had a couple. Once I've had a couple. Yeah. You can once not swear beers. like a trooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was quite. I, I was good at one point. Okay. But anyway, you're absolutely right. Yeah, for Jude Bellingham to do that, it's and, bold. And, what and it's great for England. Foden, all good. Uh, we, we know we've got lots of great young players. Yeah, and Foden's I made a few isn't it? quid for sporting memories. Oh, I, did, well done. I fancied another Foden goal. Well, he struck uh, it beautifully. Month. Should have been yeah. saved, but he struck it beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I think. I wonder how many hours of talk sport were used up with. Should Phil Foden go on loan to Preston? Yeah. It's beyond a joke. It turns <laughs> out, actually, um, you know, it, it turns out it's been okay yeah. to stay, watch David Silva play, yeah. listen to Pep, train with those guys. Kind of works. Stunning footballer. Mm. Yeah, really good. So um, we're going to be looking ahead to the uh, semi finals. Mark Langdon's going to join us. A little look back on last night. And I mean, we, we talked about the fallout yesterday from Bayern's point of view. You know, there is when a team gets knocked out of a tournament you, you know you ask some questions and mm. there's been a lot of Liverpool chat today about not so much rebuilds but a tweak maybe some players moving on just to freshen up um, we'll talk to Mark Langdon about that a little bit later on uh, Keith Deller's going to join us former darts world champion there's a vets 
circuit. It's a World Seniors Dance Championship. Lovely idea, They've tempted the power out of retirement. Dennis Priestley saying today it'll be mission impossible to stop Phil. It doesn't start till 2022. But darts on the face of it is a sport you think absolutely suits a Masters circuit, much like golf does. You know, you want to see all the great, the great old players of golf in action. There are certain sports... I mean, if you put together a sort of 100 metres, a classic 100 metres of run, runners from the 80s, Probably wouldn't be quite oh, as I good would, to watch. Well, you you would, would you watch, watch it? Absolutely, you'd would still watch. watch. If you put that Linford, on, it, if you put that on Lewis, at the same time yeah. as the actual Olympic hundred meters, well, I suppose what you could do is you could watch the real Olympics and then watch the last fifty meters of the seniors one. Yeah, yeah, you? But yeah. I would watch the seniors <laughs> Olympics. Yeah. Come on, the decathlon. Last daily, we get daily. daily on that's it. Would you come back and do it? Denise is back for the heptathlon. Really good. I'd yeah. like to see Sergei Bubka. What can he? What can he pole vault <laughs> now? It's all what a bit twisted, do? though. <laughs> it's a the idea, bit, isn't it? Did you know Sergei Bubka is uh, Sergei Bubka is related to Bob Bubka? They are related. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, obviously, yeah. there aren't that many Bubkas, no, are there? We asked the question one day, and Bob said, "Hey, yeah, distant cousin. They've never met." Wow. They've never met, but they are they are related. Now, would what would who would be better, Sergey doing the U.S. Masters yeah. or Bob representing the United States? Well, maybe it would be great if just one day we cut and it's Sergey Bubka. He's brought his cousin in. Hey, would he would he sound the same? Probably I think, not. I think Sergey does sound the same. So we'd love to hear from you this afternoon. Sports that do not suit mm. uh, a Masters format. Talksport.com, Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSHNJ. We're going to be chatting to Lawrence Booth, the editor of uh, the Wisden Almanac, which is out again today. The Cricket Bible, of course. And a little story emerged. They do kind of and finally stories, but they have some classic ones. And uh, they, they they found an old one from July 1960. So they are a cool oh, yeah. subject from July 1960 to get you involved in. It involved the actor Trevor Howard, of course, Brief Encounter and all that. Film star Trevor Howard got up at 5am yesterday and travelled 180 miles to play cricket at Buxton, Derbyshire. He was mid-filming. He was out first ball, caught at the wicket, it says. <laughs> so imagine that. He's gone 180 miles mid-filming. Uh, Buxton played, out first ball. I don't know if he stuck around to have a field or whether he had to get back for, uh, for some Come work. Come on, you know. can't do that. You can't, <laughs> even if you're Trevor Howard. The, but, you know, you so, can't do that. You've got a field. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, we're going to talk uh, a veteran circuit in sport. You're telling us this afternoon about those sports that really don't lend himself to a vet's circuit to a master's setup um but darts does which is why in 2022 we'll see the world seniors darts champion uh, sorry championship should i say phil the power taylor has uh, has joined in uh, martin adams is involved andy fordham bob anderson john lowe uh, dennis Priestley, john part and our next guest former world champion keith della good afternoon keith how are we doing? I like that word champion. I thought you were talking to me straight away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I mean, you probably think, yeah, less of the word senior. How do you feel about seniors' darts? It, it makes you sound like you're about 83, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, well, 83, I won the world, so that was a good number, but I'm not 83, no. Um, it's, well, we're, we're all 50 and over, so we can't do much about that, but... For years now, we've been saying, why don't... I mean, people always say, why have there been the legends on TV, etc.? And then uh, the two Jasons, the manager of Michael Van Gogh and Ronnie O'Sullivan, um, called me about 10 days ago and said, this is going to be big. We're going to hopefully have big TV involved, with etc. And we want all the world champions to be part, which is going to be unique. We're hoping there'll be a maximum of 24 people, 20 to 24 
So basically, if there's, say, 14 world champions that can play, then it'll be made up of players that have done something in the game. I mean, there's plenty of names to shout about. Kevin Painter, Peter Manley, players like that. So it's going to be a great tournament where everybody's going to know all the names. And... I can't. I'll be honest with you. I can't wait. I just feel that it's all. It's it's for fifties and over that are eligible, that are world champions and plus made up, as long as they're not tour car holders in the PDC. So it's really going to be exciting times. And um, I said to my wife, I said I'm going to be in the in the garage practicing more. I might be in the bedroom. So there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would the standard be like, Keith? I mean, there'd be some people thinking, what? Well, surely, if you know, there's there's not a lot of running around in darts. If you're fifty and good, you could. You know, would would the standard necessarily yeah. drop a what, lot from what goes? That's a good yeah. question, isn't it? What what sort of goes? The eyes? Yeah, I think. I mean, when I had to wear glasses, that was one of the things for me that really made it a lot harder. I found it very hard with the bit with the bright lights up there. I really did feel uncomfortable, and and also everyone doesn't like to say it. Your nerve goes. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't believe that I could get beat. When I won the world title, I believed I was going to win it. A year later, not playing as well, I didn't think I would. But it's just the belief you've got in confidence. And when you're older, you, uh, you've got more fears, I suppose. But, I mean, to, to have Phil Taylor at it straight away, the, the greatest of all time, has really made this so special. Hmm. Alongside, you know, the world champions that made the sport what it was. And uh, But don't, you know, I, I've always said to Phil, he won't get an easy ride. Um, if Phil played his best darts... Well, he'd be most probably in the top four in the world now in the PDC. But Phil's going to have to be on his A-game because, I mean, I've, I'll be practising maybe even harder. When I when I won the Worlds, I practised seven hours a day. When I was in the PDC, because we had tournaments, I maybe practised two hours a day. I'm, pra- I'm going to be practising four to five hours a day because I know if I can play my best game, I'll, I'll be in the 90 averages. And how, that's my goal. How, how tired does an arm get? If you practice for seven hours a day, I'd get. Um, I'd be. I'd want to put it down. Yeah. <laughs> but what I try and do is I try and do like try and treat it. If someone goes to work for eight hours, well, you go to work. You have got no choice. I will try and maybe leading four or five months up to it. I'll be doing maybe nine till twelve for three hours. Have a couple of hours off. Do another couple of hours in later on in the afternoon and. And, and set myself targets to practice, try and make them improve in, in everything like that. But, I mean, I think that this is going to be so big and I think the fans are going to like to see it because mm. there's going to be... It will be... I think people are thinking, oh, it's uh, just a nice little weekend of darts. Trust me, this is not. I will be devastated to lose. I mean, I'm not... No one's treating this as an exhibition. I mean, there's old rivalries. I mean, for us, with me, John Lowe, I mean... John Lowe on the first nine data. To have a chance at that against John. Bob Anderson was my worst nightmare back. Oh, he was my Jonah. You know, there's payback there that I've got a chance to do mm. now. This is the way I'm looking at it. And there's going to be the likes of Dennis Priestley, Phil Taylor, like the first PDC World Final, and, and Martin Adams, Ted Hankey, all these sort of players. Um, I think everything, the, the lineup's going to be announced next by about the end of next week. Mm. And... But May the 1st, we'll know the venue. And May the 17th, the tickets are on sale. And uh, I really hope we get a massive, um, a really good crowd. And it'd be great to play in. But, uh, I mean, a minimum of 25,000 a winner. You know, it's it's really looking... I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm, I'm eat and sleep and dance again now. Oh, it's God, good. I, it's it's good thing he's, yeah, yeah. he's got them back into it. <laughs> the, uh, Charlie the cabbie's been in touch. He said, such a great shame that Eric Bristow can't be there. I wonder if it would he have been, you think? Oh, it'd have been great, wouldn't it? I mean, Eric was my best mate. I mean, obviously, I knew that when he died, it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my life was to go on stage at the Premier League at Liverpool to talk when he had just passed. And uh, I think that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because we were like, we always both, both had a black leather jacket on. We were always at the venues, always going straight to the pub after working on TV. And uh, he would have been great. Uh, even though Eric's game had really had gone by then, it would have still been great to have him there, wouldn't it? Just mm. to be part of it. I mean, to me, the, the greatest art player of all time is Phil Taylor. The biggest name of all time will always be Eric Bristow in my book. So it's a shame that, you know, Eric's not alive, but he would be thinking this is a great idea and uh, he would love this. And I just feel that, fingers crossed, that, you know, it all goes great. I think it will. I think the I think the public would be surprised that, you know, there's a lot of pride in our players, of likes of Bob Anderson and John Lowe, myself and the others. We will put everything in to this tournament. This is, to me, another chance yeah. to be a world champion. I've been world champion. Why not be world seniors champion? But Brilliant. for me, I've, I've got to work hard like everybody else. But I can assure you we'll give everything and we'll put on a good show. Well, let's get great, back in the it? garage. I, I mean, just yeah. a great, you know, to get the enthusiasm back and the optimism. And, yeah, you know, well, this is what he's done. It's transformed people. it. Yeah. Totally. It's not just about that. <clears> so. You mentioned, Keith, you know, you found it the bright lights a bit. Are you going to ask them to dim it a bit? You well, know, there's going to be a one. few jokes. There's going to be, yeah. you know, Keith, you require 68. So I said si- 68. <laughs> I said, no, 68. You're gonna, there's going to be a bit of that going on. Listen, my hearing aid's okay. I'm not sure about the eyes, mate. No, uh, no I, I, I'll be quite honest. It's not too bad. I mean, it was just at the time. Um, but uh, I worked with Sky on the spot, and so maybe at the Wells, I'd have to have a quiet word with um, Barry or Matt. Can I have a quick practice on the board? Can you put the lights on the stage yeah. for me? But I don't think I'll get away with it, but um, well, you know, I, I just think this is a start of something that, you know, golf has done it really well. Yeah. So, I mean, I spoke to Gary Anderson last week at the um, Premier League, and he went, oh, he said, can we play at it? I, thought, I said, yeah, not long, Gary, in a few years, but you're still good yeah. enough on the main circuit. But well, yeah. the likes of the players like that will drop into it eventually if it, if it gets more popular. And when it is successful, you get that. You get these guys on the tour, and they think, I'll go on to the seniors tour because it's better for me now. I've got more chance of winning prize money. You see it in golf, sure. don't you? Brilliant, Keith. Well, we look forward to it. It's Thanks, not Keith. until 2022, so we'll get back to practising and we'll catch up with you nearer the time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I think we've seen since the 10-game ban was announced, the disappointment of a great many people. I know you spoke to Troy Townsend from Kick It Out earlier on. We saw Wrighty tweeting, saying effectively, you think it's going to be a watershed, you think it's going to be a line-in-the-sand moment and, and not enough is done. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Troy said, Look, every time you have hope and you get this. The interesting thing was, when the verdict first came out, such is my sort of tiny expectations of UEFA, I, my first reaction was, Oh, that's that's more than I was expecting. But it's the minimum. It's the absolute minimum. Yeah. yeah. And you just think, what you know, if you send the right message, you could make a difference. And again, it's you know, it's less than Kieran Trippier got for saying, telling a mate he was going to Madrid. Yeah, yeah it's ludicrous. Joining us now is uh, uh, Glenn Kamara's lawyer, uh, Amma Amwar. Good afternoon, Amma. Good afternoon. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I think it's the disappointment uh, of so many people feeling like this was going to be a turning point and, and it doesn't appear that it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with you. I mean, it was welcome news that UEFA had found Andrej Kadela guilty of the racist abuse, abuse of, of Glenn. Uh, but Glenn and many others were left disappointed because um, UEFA imposed what is the barest minimum, which is 10 games that could be imposed under Article 14 of their regulations. Uh, and that can only be described as a tokenistic ban, because we had been asking for much robust, much more robust measures, i.e. a year-long ban. Um, and he could have been, because it's at least 10 matches or a specified period of time, according to the regulations. And I think they should have made use of the significant discretion that they had available to them in order to send a far stronger message that this type of behaviour and conduct will not be tolerated on the football field. I mean, I don't know any other workplace within which such racist behaviour would be tolerated. And sadly, I think once again, UEFA has made a mockery of their claims that they want to kick racism out of football. It seems to me that if you, if you, if you fly a, ba- a banner which criticises UEFA, you're much more likely to be given exemplary um, punishment, um, financial punishments, than you are if, you, if you're if you a player that conducts himself in, in, in a racist manner. You must have speculated as to why they gave the minimum ban. Do you think it's because um, they almost don't... They almost want to say, look... We don't have a problem. There's nothing to see here. The problem isn't so bad, and it's you know it's it's not just in uh, you know Eastern Europe. It's here, and it's it's everywhere. Do you think UEFA and you know sort of football authorities in general almost want to say, look, nothing to see here? Well, I, I, I'd agree with that in terms of a perspective. I don't want to speculate yet because we've written to UEFA and we've asked for their written grounds sure, for okay. how they came to their decision. However, you know when you look at the impact of such behaviour, you know um, Kudela acted in a grotesque and racist manner. Right, but his behaviour was then compounded by the club Slavia Prague, who are now offering sort of half-hearted apologies um, to Glenn. They implied that my client Glenn was a liar, and so Kudela's racist behaviour had consequences because it then went on to incite the fans of Slavia Prague, who went on to subject to hourly tirade of racist abuse, which has gone on and on. And in fact, 
you know, our emails, our Twitter, our social media was flooded, as was Glenn's yesterday. My offices was flooded with horrendous um, over racist abuse. And I'm yet to see Slavia Prague saying to its fans, stop, enough is enough. If they are genuine about this, then they need to take action. And I think what this, you know, tokenistic punishments does is it gives a green light to the clubs and the fans to think that they can conduct themselves however they want, that they're just going to get a, a, a slap over the knuckles um, and then that'll be it and they can move on. There is no excuse. There is no justification for racism on or off the pitch. And it really is time, I think, for the footballing community to come together and take action against um, um, clubs, players um, and that perpetuate racism. And, and, and it starts with UEFA. That's at the top, you know, the top of the game. They really did have an opportunity. I mean, at the end of the day, they're not shy of taking money off clubs. They're not shy of taking the money off of football fans in their millions around the globe, you know, in terms of watching their games. And, you know, but, but yet when it comes to an issue like this, which wouldn't be accepted in any other workplace, they seem to sort of turn their heads away or um, have their heads in the sand. Apart from the disappointment uh, of, of the length of the ban from, from Glenn's point of view, I would imagine the fact that he's picked up a three-game ban for what happened in the tunnel afterwards. It seems incredible that you wouldn't take into context the kind of provocation and the mood and what had gone on to lead to that and not see that as mitigating circumstances. Well, well, well yes. I mean, initially they, they had... Um said a five-game ban, we made submissions and reduced that to, to three games. We'll, we'll consider the written grounds for the decision, but I had said at the start of this that um, UEFA has a track record of failing to act, of being tokenistic, of gesture politics, of getting players to wear the black armbands, to have the bat, you know, the signs and kick racism out of football, having players taking the knee, and black players themselves as well as white players have said, enough is enough. They actually want to see real action. And it seems to me as though that they reward the perpetrators of racism, um, yet the victims are victimised again and again and again. And this is yet another example. Uh, Jonathan Liu wrote a brilliant article in The Guardian about what happens if you're the victim of racist abuse. You know, if you're Glenn Kamara, you know, not only uh, in that millisecond after it happens, you are dealing with rage and anger and deep sadness and frustration and at the same time you almost have to be making really accurate like second by second notes of what exactly happened because the way investigations work yeah. they don't think of the victim I just wonder and, this, and is, also, this is during a football match when the course. adrenaline's pumping yeah. not when you're sitting on the back of a bus of or something. course and 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 so I, I sort of wonder how how he and then as you mentioned it 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 doesn't just go away after that evening. You know, that, yeah. that lives with you if you are the victim and of this. And he doesn't want to be the centre of this story, you know, does he? Obviously, this brings an no, extra no, pressure you can right. do without. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, anybody who knows Glenn Kamara, I mean, Stephen Gerrard wrote one of the... I mean, I, I was lost for words when I read what Stephen Gerrard had to say, Glenn Kamara. I mean, the sort of player he is, the, he is a quiet young man who is extremely disciplined, has never given the club any trouble. And when, when you look at the record of Glenn Kamara from the age of 15, he's been playing professional football since he's been in this country. He hasn't received, received a single red card. He's not known for overplaying it, for overmilking it. And what Glenn said to me at the time in the aftermath of this incident was that he had received horrendous experience. You know, he comes from a humble background. You know, his mother was a refugee from Sierra Leone. He grew up in Finland. He received horrendous racism. Um, and he moved to this country when he was 12. Um, and from the age of 12, he was lucky. And he said that he lived in a divert, you know, an area with lots of diversity and um, grew up with friends who were white and black and never really experienced racism. And since playing professional football, he has never experienced it from a professional player. 
So when this happened, and this guy, Kudela, you know, you said at the, in the heat of the moment, the temperatures are raised, you know, there's all sorts that go on, you know, they're grown men, they shout, they swear at each other. But when this man, this player, this professional player walks up to him, you know, um, and Glenn's face, you can sort of see he's bemused when mm. Kudela's walking over to him. And it's deliberate, you know, it's, it's premeditated. And he walks over, cups his hand, speaks into his ear and uses those words, uh, you know, um, swearing and then saying the word monkey. Glenn is horrified. And he said to me, it was two issues. One, first of all, was like shock, anger, upset, wondering what to do. But secondly, he said to me that his mother watches every single game. This is a dream come true. This is a, this is a rag, you know, rags to riches almost sort of story in terms of like he's worked his way to top flight football and his mother watches every game he plays. And this was on the international stage. His family watch it, his friends watch it. And it was very humiliating, not just for him, but knowing at that very moment that those words were said, he was dragged back to his childhood and he was treated in this racist manner, which he had to learn to accept when he was a child. He certainly didn't think when he worked this hard to get to, you know, to, to, to playing for Rangers that this would ever again have to happen to him. So he was disgusted, he was humiliated and he wanted action to be taken. And of course, you know, he did complain to the referee and I understand the referee at that point in time has to, you know, wait for match referee, you know, make, wait for the match officials playbacks, et cetera. And it's very difficult. And people, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, there's been a tirade of abuse that, that we've received, you know, um, directed at Glenn, some of it directed at myself. And I find it astonishing, you know, that um, at the same time that Slavia Prague, some of the Slavia Prague clans are saying that, you know, um, Kudela is a victim um, in this situation, that Kudela um, was not racist, that the same individuals then conduct themselves in a racist manner and abuse us. So what, what then followed was, you know, um, over about 50 minutes of this playing again and again and again in Glenn's head, you know, the words being repeated, wondering what to do, temperatures rising around him, going into the training room and, and seeing it played back out again on the video again and again and again. And, and it left him upset. It left him shocked for days because he wasn't quite sure what to do. And he said to me, he doesn't want to be the center of attention. He doesn't want to be that role model. He wants to be the role model for the football that he plays. He wants to get back to the game that he loves. But what for him, what, what he said was he had to draw a line in the sand. He's had to say, not just for himself, but every other black player, that this is not good enough. You know, when you've struggled so hard, when, when he said to me his mother worked every day, every hour to make sure that her son was able to achieve his dreams, he doesn't think it's acceptable for him or for any other family to have to, to see, um, you know, black players subjected to such bile and such racist abuse. So, yeah, it, it was shocking. And I think it sadly is one of those moments because we've seen it before. You know, we saw it, for instance, when um, England played um, Bulgaria in 2019 for the Euro qualifiers. Mm. And we saw the abuse that six of the English players, black players, received, the Nazi salutes, the chanting, um, and then the derisory punishment from UEFA. And one would have thought that UEFA would have learned its lesson. And I really think it's coming to that point now that players should automatically walk off the pitch, you know, that the club should support them, that UEFA has pressure piled upon them and say, what exactly... Does it take? I mean, I say this because what the, if it was in anywhere else, you know, the idea that a person could do that on the international stage mm. in the presence of everybody else, conduct himself in such behavior and then know that his, he should have known um, that his behavior would incite other fans to then carry on that abuse, whether it be anonymously, whether it be publicly, but on social media to conduct themselves in the same way and to invade with some of the most horrific and abhorrent abuse I have seen in race, recent years against Glenn Kamara and other, against other black players um, in Rangers. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough, and, you know, um, 
big enough to, to know that for the last 30 years I've campaigned against racism. But when I'm opening up my timeline, I'm looking at this abuse and I'm, I, you know, I can, it's a water off a duck's back, I suppose, on one level, because I've learned to have to deal with a professional. But I certainly don't expect a young man like Glenn Kamara, 25 years old, to have to pop with this every hour. It's, you know, and, and yet, we, and then I look at the, the apology, the half-hearted apology of Slavia Prague. I want Slavia Prague to publicly apologize for the racism that Glenn Kamara faced from their player. I want Slavia Prague to call out the racism of their fans, open racism of their fans, and say that this is unacceptable. It does not represent the values of their club. If they are genuine about eradicating racism, then deal with it now. Put an end to it. That, that should be the starting point. Otherwise, UEFA should be looking at the reaction of the clubs because it's silence, absolute silence. And we do appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Birthday spread time then. Uh, ten birthdays, ten gilt edge gags. The scoring kept by Jeff Peters, of course. Uh, we have to try and guess the scores. One with the lowest margin of error, as we've guessed the ten birthdays, is the winner. The score currently is 13-1 to me. Very, da- very dangerous lead, actually. It is, isn't yeah, it? Very dangerous. Da- it could, that, yeah. Andy Jacobs, of course, joins. Hi, Andy. Hello, mate. Oh, good afternoon. And uh, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to a thrilling contest. Let's hope so. Again. Let's head to the nerve centre in the East Midlands. Oh, there it is, Jimmy. Jeff Peters. Uh, Hello, chaps. Oh, it always rings just as we join in. That it does. really old phone. Uh, Ray says, I'm just getting the timing right for my drive between jobs so I can listen to the birthday humiliation as I have now Ooh, christened harsh. it. Barca Jim has harsh. pulled into a picturesque car park in the Peak District. This is your moment, Max. Is I'm it? counting on you, he says. Come on, Max, says Stephen Bakewell. Where are you? Let's be Avenue, he says. And Crackers says, channeling, being able to see birth certificates. And he sent a picture of Yuri Geller. That's the beautiful. public are on my side. Let's Let's do it then. Here's Pele. Take it away and Matt, you'll kick yeah. us off. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought it was me. Go no, on, Andy. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. Yes. And, well, as soon as Pele starts, I start speaking. That's <laughs> it. That's Pavlov's dog. Anyway, it's a very happy birthday to Vincent Company. Oh, wow. Okay. Vincent Company, yes. I've just been asked, actually, to pick an all-time Belgian-Scottish 11. I went for Vincent at right back and Murdo McLeod at left back. Uh, two's Company, three's McLeod. Hey, beautiful. Wow. That's good company. What do you reckon? I reckon 37. Yeah, do you know what? I always said the same thing, but I won't say the same thing as you. I'll say 38. Hey, 35. Oh, oh sorry. Vincent, my apologies, Vincent. Vincent. Yeah, we, yeah, we got him much older, of course. Yeah, still going strong. Uh, so, he what's that done to the scores? Yeah. It's Max 2, Paul 3. Max takes an early lead. Yeah, hammering him, hammering him. Got him just uh, where I want him. Number- <laughs> Birthday number two, the singer and songwriter Sophie Ellis Bexter. Oh yeah, Sophie Ellis Bexter. She's just opened a Scottish-themed fitness facility in Johannesburg. Jim Bexter. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey! Wow. Um, I've got, I thought I, I started well. Jeff's didn't gag. Yeah. Jeff's gag is better than mine on this one. I sent him all. What, I sent him all the names. Just what, then he sends it, me Jeff? back his own efforts. What, what so it, Jeff, take it away. Well, Sophie Ellis Bexter once performed at a party at mm. the house of Zinedine Zidane in Madrid. Everything oh, yeah. was going well until they. Spotted uh, yeah. a man on the lounge okay, carpet fast go. asleep. It yeah. was a Middlesex and Ireland cricketer. They couldn't believe it. It was <laughs> Tim Murtor on Zidane's floor. Oh, wow. Come on. Is, uh, we knew where it was going. Come we on. just couldn't <laughs> stop it happening. Um, Sophie uh, Ellis, Ted Dexter. She is um, 40. I've written 41. Okay. Quite close today. She's 42. Oh, okay. So, uh, okay, what's the scores, Jeff? Here. It's Paul 5, Max 3. 
Good game. Okay. Okay. Keep Fashion going. designer Mark Jacobs. Happy birthday to him. Oh, dear. And uh, Mark used a well-known 70s rock band for his latest fashion show, Hawkwind and Jacobs. <laughs> Very good. I haven't got a clue. Say, no, I've, I've got to be honest. I, 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 obviously, I know his clothes. Oh, I'm, I'm aware of him. I've got an absolute damn know clue. What he is. He could be That's so annoying. 80 or you 20. Could have got, I got a 50. Four. 50, yeah, you know, he's been around for a while, isn't he? Must be about that. 60. What is he? Fif 58. Oh, OK. Well, okay. that must tie down. What's that done to the scores, Jeff? Paul, two out. Max, four out. Seven apiece after three. Oh, what a okay. game. Fantastic. Oh, could have been okay. a lot worse, that. Yes. Yes, he's the chief executive of the Rugby Players Association, former player for London, Watson, England. Happy birthday to Damien Hopley. Damien okay. Hopley. Okay. Uh, Damien recently brought out a remake of the classic Van Halen song with the Spurs midfielder on loan at Norwich. Yes, it was Hopley Skip and Jump. <laughs> oh, there we are. He liked that. Very Jeff liked that. Jeff liked that. He's trying to keep on Andy's right side. That's not Sucking easy. Up to <laughs> Rick says, "Stop the count." I'm drawing, Rick. I can still win yeah. this. What do you think, Damien Hopley? Oh, is it me? Uh, is no, it's it, you. Is it me? It's you. Yeah. It's I was me first with Mark Jacobs. Oh, that's right. Come me, on, Paul. You, me. Uh, no, this is all you part, went first. This first. is all part of the mind games. It's you, Paul. Who went first? It's me. Oh, sorry, it's me. Okay. Uh, Damien Hopley, 44. I think I think slightly older than that. Okay. 46. What is it? Both being KGs, 51. Oh, oh sorry. Do you know, I wrote 49, but I want to stay close to you. Rob says, Max, quick, hit the fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score, Jeff? It's Paul 14, Max 12. Okay, fair oh, enough. Been right bold, could have been bolder. Max is next then, yeah. Well, I regret that. Birth birthday number five, the fine actor, singer, and dancer Joel Gray. Joel Grey. Joel Grey. Who can forget his classic musical based on the Cheltenham exploits of Alan Brazil and Mike Parry? Life is a Cabernet, old chum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Joel Grey. Joel, Grey. Joel Grey's gone into the tea business with Robbie Earl. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Stop Sorry. it. Right, Stop then. it. That's enough of you, shorter. Joel yep. Grey. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> okay. Not got a clue. What do you think, Max? Well, I don't know, do I? Well, have a guess. That's the idea of the game, <sighs> well, I know, but let me just have a little think about Joel well, Grey. You know. Joel is can't be that old. There aren't that many people birthday. called. There can't be. Joel is not an old, old name, is what it? What do you think? 52. 52, okay. I'd say he's a bit older than oh, that. Oh, no. Uh, that the worst I'd, words, like the worst sentence I can ever hear in my I'd life. I'd say Joel Gray is probably about 75. Oh. <laughs> he's 89, would you believe Wow, that? is he really? And I couldn't believe it. I had to look it up, but Cabaret was in 1972. Yeah, so wow. At that point, he was about 40. So What's that down to the scores, Jeff? Oh, oh, it's changed the dynamic at the halfway point because yeah. uh, Paul is 14 out, Max mm. is 37 out, oh, yeah. so it's 28 <laughs> plays 49. 49, OK. Come Heads on, nothing silly. Here nothing silly. Right, I'm next. We're going to rock and roll because the moose away. OK, it's the... It's the actor Dakota Blue Richards. Dakota Blue Richards. Wow. And uh, she often accompanies me. I don't say, and it doesn't sound good, this, but she often accompanies me on seal hunts. Oh dear. I'm the stalker and blue is the colour. Oh, dear. Uh, would you know Dakota? Do you know who she is? Uh, oh, I'm still thinking about Joel Grey, Paul. Don't um, come to me. I don't think you haven't got a lot of 90 year olds called Dakota. Um, um, 25. That is really risky. Go on, Max, you've got to go for risky. it. I'm giving you a little in then. I don't have to go for it yet. Okay, I'm giving you an in. Like <laughs> 32. 32. It's 27. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of gamesmanship going yeah, on there. What's that, what's that down to the scores? <laughs> 
Uh, Paul is on 30. Max is on 54. Max with a lot to do. Okay, 24 okay. to go. Keep okay, going. Fine, okay. A lot to do. It's the, uh, what is he, bass, ba bassist, not bassist, bassist and songwriter from The Pretty Things, Wally Waller. Wally Waller. Wally Waller. Uh, Wally Waller. Last Christmas, he recorded a heavy metal version of White Christmas. Ooh, ah, Wally Waller, bing bang. <laughs> Oh dear no. me! No. Oh dear. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Max? I don't know. Wally Waller from the Pretty know. Things. I don't know the Pretty. Do you know who the Pretty Things are? I do. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. see, that's a problem, isn't it? Okay. I don't. <laughs> Seventy-five. <laughs> that's a pretty decent guess. Thank you very much. I wouldn't have gone that far <laughs> off myself for whoa. Um, Seventy-eight. Seventy-seven. Oh, by Max. Oh, okay. okay. What's well really done, Max. That Alan was good. says I should have turned up the radio and lived in a happy, ignorant bliss. He says, <laughs> just <laughs> put a screen up and have them done with. Says Corker. What, Thanks, what's mate. the score? It's thirty-one to Paul. Max fifty-six. So 56. twenty-five in it with okay. three to go. Come on, come on. Come can on. change. Okay. Keep going. Uh, it's no. Jenny Formby, the General Secretary of the Labour Party from two thousand and eighteen to two thousand and twenty. Jenny Formby. Yeah. She also makes uh, these chamois leathers that are super absorbent. I always get mine from Formby when I'm cleaning windows. <laughs> one for the kids. That is one for the kids. Um, 57. 57. Yeah, I think you're probably about right with Jenny Formby. There may be people we haven't heard of at this stage. Go on, then. Criticising the, the man who made the game. <laughs> Jenny Formby. Uh, uh, 56. 61. Oh, OK. okay. What's that down the scores, Jeff? 35 plays, 61. This is okay. a big moment now. OK, here we go. This could be okay. Go on, then. These two are quite tricky. It's the uh, Secretary General... Secretary oh. General of the Council of Europe. <laughs> the Secretary Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Secretary General. I haven't even had a drink. Yeah. Secretary General. General. Wait till I come to her name. Wait till I come to her It was worse the first time you said it. <laughs> Marika, Marika Pekaninovich <laughs> Buric. Who? <laughs> Marika Pechevinovich Baric. And she what's, she, what's she the junior secretary of? <laughs> Council of Europe. Council and what, of what Europe. were her years? Still, was she still doing the gig? Still doing, yeah, Marika Baric. Okay. She was known for being uh, really eccentric. He used to sleep with her gloves on like her brother, John Baric. John Baric, I knew that was coming. Well, you're going to stick close to my coattails here wherever I do, I reckon. She's uh, 53. Yeah, she probably, to do that sort of job, you would think so. Um, 56. 58. Okay, oh, okay. Right. So it's what's that done, this. Jeff? 37 plays 66. 37, 66. Here we go, then. Joel Gray. It's such a it? shame about Joel Gray. Why did you put Joel Gray in? It's so a shame early. about Gray. I haven't seen Cabaret. I'm only 41, <laughs> As Andy. the Lemonheads once said. Okay. Come on. Okay, the final birthday of the day. The biochemist, Nobel Prize winner, and Master of Trinity College, Cambridge... Sir Gregory Winter. Sir Gregory Winter. 15. I'm only kidding. <laughs> of course. I've just got back, actually. I've just got back uh, from shopping at his cut-price camping equipment store. Now is the winter of our discount tent. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yes. Yes. I, I don't think that's Andy's. Um, no, you haven't heard that before. I've heard it before. Yeah, yeah. I've I'd, I'd murder on mm. the damn floor, yeah, but I don't want to make people no, feel bad. It was on Fisherman's <laughs> Blues the other week, apparently. Yeah, was it? it was a clip we rejected, <laughs> says the producer. So, um, I'd say... Uh, 91. Oh, the Are master. Gonna... The master can be a bit younger. He can be. Go can for be it. a bit younger. Yeah, you're and, a, you know, my, my dad's a Trinity Hall man. It's just down the road. He's man of the people, now. though, yeah. just in case okay. people are worried. Um, how many behind am I, Jeff? Oh, God, a lot. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's 29, isn't it? 29, yeah. Okay, so I can say 60. He is, in fact, 70. Not oh! a bad effort. Oh! 
made a competition of it, didn't I did, it? You see? Yeah. But if I'd said if I'd got it bang on, I still would have lost, wouldn't I? Yeah, you would. So yeah, the, 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 the damage was a bit like Liverpool. The damage was done in the first, the early part of the I game. I am never before. going to watch Cabaret my whole life. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a brilliant this. performance well, by John. Care. He doesn't I look 89, does he, Andy? Care. It's amazing. No, no, he doesn't. So the final scores, Paul 58, Max 76, much better than Max uh, for Max, who got 153 last week. So well okay. done, Max, for making a game of it. But Paul <laughs> remains the birthday Is that 14 one? Oh, Are we doing the Sunday preliminary old gags? Not until it. you can say preliminary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should. No. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got it from uh, Marietje Burich, the Secretary General. The <laughs> still, still can't say still Give can't up while you're Ahead, Andy, or not? <laughs> so, no, do you it. want to, Andy? Do you want to come on and do it again? I can't. I can't go through with this twice a week, Andy. Yeah, it's, it's it's too kill much me. For him. Uh, no, no. I, think, I think. I thought your idea of Charlie pa- playing uh, Barry, Barry and then the winner playing. Yeah, you. that's a good idea. Charlie plays Barry, Flogging winner plays dead, me, also, and then they that. play Paul. That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, look, we do best Jeff's of... doing the gags. It's okay. great. Yeah. All right, okay, Jokes good. a joke, not a ruddy pantomime, as my old nan used to say. Um, <laughs> thank you, uh, Andy. I'll catch up with you tomorrow in the studio. Lovely. Thank you, Jeff. Top work. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Speak to you next week. Love it. Oh. Andy talks off air. Isn't he? Thank <laughs> Love it. Here's my tea. Thank you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here we are. That was this afternoon show, Max. It was Joel Grey. And you've never seen Cabaret. You've never watched the film. I never watched it. It's a good film. But Joel, don't let it push you. The off. oldest Joel. Yeah, he probably is. The oldest Joel has ever been. The world's oldest Joel. I think he's known as that. I wasn't expecting the world's oldest Joel to pop up today. Didn't in my training. Didn't see that. (laughs) You know, it's just something to work on for next week. But look, you're only what are you? Fourteen one up. Yeah, fourteen one. And he's first to a hundred. Yeah, so crack on. That's it. First to a hundred. There we are. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Thank you, Max. You're back at the weekend with Charlie and Max, aren't you? Uh, yes, Saturday with Charlie. Yes, nine o'clock. Take Charlie and Max. And, uh, Barry, I meant to say. Um, uh, me and Barry having a day off on Sunday. Oh, well, okay. We don't live together or anything, but no, okay. you know, we're Fair taking enough. separate days off. Uh, Andy, back with me in the studio tomorrow. If you can listen, great. If not, the podcast will be available around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.